Is stress building in your life? Is there one big issue? A presentation at work, a, a big test you've been preparing for, a relationship, or a hundred small issues causing the pressure to build and grow? Did you know that healthy ways of coping with that stress can act as a relief valve and prevent the negative effects of stress on our bodies? Stay tuned on this episode of The One in Five as we talk about coping with stress. Hey y'all, welcome to The One in Five, the show for those who want to know how to be healthy, how to stay healthy, and how to promote health in your community. I'm your host, Adam Renshaw, and in today's show, we have Dr. David, Mark, and Kent Dowdy again, and we're going to be talking about stress. You might say, wait, you already did that. Well, this is part two in our two-part series about stress. In the first part, we touched on what is stress, what are some of its causes, and what are some of its symptoms and complications. In this second part, we're going to be talking about coping. Welcome, Dr. Mark. Welcome, Kent. Hey there, everybody. Thank you. Good to have you both back. Uh, Before we dig in, guys, I just, this coping piece is super important, and I think we have some great tips for people on this one. So I want to let people uh, get to know you guys a bit. as we mentioned in the last uh, episode, that uh, our listeners have been introduced to you guys before on the Community Health Center podcast, but let's dig a little deeper and uh, and uh, talk about what some of your guys' lives look like. So, uh, Dr. Mark, we'll start with you, and then we'll go over to Kent. Dr. Mark, tell me a little about, about your life. Uh, what, what do you do for a job? What's your family life like? Those types of things. Yeah, sure. I... Um I was trained as a primary care physician, and most of my time now I, I spend in an administrative role as the CEO of One Health, but I still do some clinical medicine at the hospital, taking care of patients in the emergency room and on the inpatient uh, wards. Um, I have, uh, uh, I'm fortunate, I'm blessed to be married to a, an amazing woman named Kristen. We have three kids. Uh, Hannah just turned 20, Caleb is 18, and Toby's 16. Um, and we live on a little patch of ground um, just just east of Hardin. And uh, we have we share that space with Kristen's parents. Um, so my kids grew up with their grandparents and a bunch of turkeys, some goats, and uh, some migrant cows. And a garden. And a garden. And a guest house. And a guest house. Yeah. Awesome. That's a good intro. Kent. Tell us a little bit about what you do in your family life. Yeah, sure. So I'm the vice president of development. I live in Miles City. Um, I, like Dr. Mark, am blessed to be married to a wonderful young lady by the name of Kami, and we've been married for 27 years. Ooh, so, congrats. Yeah, we're over the 25-year mark, so that's cool. Um, also have two great young adult children. My son's almost 24 and our daughter's almost 20. Um, our son recently moved back to Mile City. He's a PGA golf professional, so he's the new head pro at the Mile City Town and Country Club in Mile City. Wow. Um, so we're really s- stoked about having him back in town and spending more time with him. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. And my stress actually is lessened over the last four years since 
One Health Mile City, merged with Bighorn Valley Health Center, no longer the CEO. So that's been a stress reducer in my life. Um, unfortunately, it's been a stress increaser for Dr. Mark. <laughs> However, I help, I help, I think, in my new role to alleviate some of that stress. So Awesome. I think that's a good good clarification because you used to be the CEO of a community health center. And so you are well acquainted with the types of stress that go along with that kind of job. Um, what, what's your daughter do right now? She's in college, right? She's, Boise State. Yep. She's finishing her freshman year at Boise State. Okay. And so she'll be done here in about a month, which is fun to have one year under her belt. Um, so yeah, so it's, the long distance stress of having one on the road and now the new stress of having one back in the community as a young adult and hoping that he makes good decisions. And so, so cool to have him back though. I bet it is. Yeah. He was in a, uh, a dual enrolled program to get his degree from the university of Colorado in a, in a kind of a co program with the PGA of America. Um, one of 18 universities in the country to offer that. So really over the last four and a half years, we've not seen him all that much because mm. he had, a pile of internship time to get through and out of state and all of that. So yeah, it's really, really exciting for both of us, but mom is very happy. I which bet makes stress at home much less. So yeah, I don't, I don't, my kids are younger, um, 12 and nine and I don't want them going anywhere. Uh, my, my preference is that they would be around me and my wife for the rest of our lives. Maybe not in the house, Maybe not in the same house, but same community doing life together, right? So that's really cool that your son's back um, just as your daughter's leaving. Right, exactly. <laughs> and Hannah is um, at she, college. She was finishing her freshman year, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And tell us where again? She goes East to Yale. Coast. Yeah, on the East Coast, yeah. Yeah, Yale. And then you have a senior in high school? Yep. Caleb's a senior and Toby's a junior. Okay. Oh my goodness. And back so, to back to back. Yeah. yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And now yeah. Caleb's looking at colleges. Is he going to be going away? He likely will be going to the Colorado School of Mines down in Golden. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And what's Toby's thoughts? Does he have any ideas about what he wants to? Probably. Okay. <laughs> a thousand I'm knowing sure Toby. Some, yeah. <laughs> cool. So, so, High-level positions at a community health center, busy families, busy family time. Uh, Kent, can you dig into some of the things in your life that cause you stress? Some of the, I mean, you mentioned some of it, like your daughter's away, like navigating some of that long-term college relationship stuff. What kind of stress are you under, man? And how do you deal? Yeah, so I think, I mean, and you said, for Dr. Mark and, and I, you know, high level positions. But I think the, the, the piece of this that is important to note is that regardless of title, regardless of role, you know, in, in your work life, I mean, we, we all experience stress to varying degrees um, because it knows no title, you know, I mean, we all have stress in, in any role that we're in or any function that we're in. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think for us, it, it seems as, as though stress, stress just kind of follows you throughout your life. Um, it's just, how does it manifest? Yeah. What's kind of the, the root cause, if you will. Um, I think for in our life right now, having again, our youngest 12 hours away that comes with some stress as parents to say, you know, does she have a support system that's there? If she has challenges, can she tap into resources and tools from afar? You know, mom and dad aren't right there. Like 
we were when she was living at home um, with our son, you know, and now moving back to Miles City as a young professional, you know, that comes with a little stress because people in the community know him as a, you know, a, a, a kid growing up in Miles City, good kid, um, into high school, and then you leave for four and a half years, and it's not that people forget, but, you know, now as a parent, it's like you're not 18 anymore, you're not 16 anymore, and so, you know, as a young professional, how do you give back to the community, and mm. how do you, you know, um, embark on your career in a community that, that, that we have lived and worked in now for, you know, 12 plus years because you want them to do well, you know, right. but that, that adds a little anxiety to, to parents saying, I hope he makes good 24 year old decisions, you know, and he doesn't find himself in, in, in harm's way, if you will, um, socially in the community. And, and like I said, he's, he's a good guy. So not too worried about that, but then the financial stress stressors of, of one, our oldest just finishing school and us helping sure. him some with that. I mean, fortunately he, he helped himself, um, through his academics and some of that, but, um, like make no bones about it. When kids go to school out of state, you know, there, there's, there's a financial implication, not only for college, but for travel and living sure. expenses and, you know, all of that. So I think we find ourselves now in our personal life, more st stressed around now we've, we've, given them the tools and resources and the foundation we want them and hope for them that they're great human beings. Um, and then just the, the financial and the, and the long distance and, you know, how do we help them and, and, and the pandemic truly, you know, because it, it's affected both of them and, and their journey, I guess, in their, you know, young adulthood. Um, and, and Kami happens to be a public health nurse. So, you know, mm. we, we too have that stress. And so really it's, it's being deliberate and, finding space in our life to make sure that we not over communicate. Cause I don't know if there's really such a thing, but you know, to, to give time and space to, to talk about those types of things and, and, and really communicate with, with each other and with the kids around, you know, what types of things can we do to make sure that we're connected and in an otherwise disconnected world right now, really. Um, and then, and then just taking time for ourselves. I mean, I, I I'll speak for myself and not so much for my, the balance of my family, but being deliberate about things like making sure that we have plenty of rest and making sure that I schedule time for myself to, even if it's just, you know, to read or to get away from everything. And, and even if it's just, you know, take a drive or take a walk and think through and, you know, reminisce about the days gone by and mm. um, memories and things like that, but also making sure to get enough exercise, choosing wisely when it comes to, you know, the food that we eat and, and all those things as a practical non-clinical person, just trying to make sure that I, you know, look inward while I also look outward for sure. Um, just to try to help minimize some of that stress. Does reading help? Does reading, you know, it does. I, I, I do a lot of audio books and do a lot of Spotify on the road and all the travels. But I do think that my mom being a librarian, she's a retired librarian. And so she always said, there's nothing, nothing will replace opening the book and turning pages. So no doubt. Um, still try to do that, you know, on a daily basis just to, just to read. And I still love reading the actual newspaper, not the virtual copy online, sure. but the actual newspaper itself. So I yeah. love audiobooks, man. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's really helpful for me because I struggle these days to sit down and open the pages. Um, it's this society that we live in where sort of, we've trained ourselves to be doing something all the time. You know, we have these devices in our pockets that give us access to every portion of information and parts of the world that we never had access to before. And it's really messed 
with my ability to sit down and open a book and just be quiet and read. <laughs> I say that to my detriment. So audiobooks have been a super, super helpful uh, to me because I can go for a walk. Right. And walking relieves stress for me too. And, I, and then I can also feed my brain too as I'm doing it. And you brought up technology too, Adam. And I think, again, from a coping standpoint, I mean, I think that's, that's one of the things that my kids definitely get tired of hearing me say, you know, in an otherwise uncertain situation that we find ourselves in over the last couple of years, in many ways, technology has helped because we can stay connected when we were socially distancing and, you know, all of that. But um, there's a downside to that too. For sure. Because we know that there's not always great, helpful, and, um, you know, solid information that's out there in the universe. So, you know, limiting limiting some of that technology and, and ensuring that we can spend quality social time with another human in the same space is also, I think, healthy. Um, because we know that a lot of stress comes from what people see and read and pick up, you know, through whether it's social media in the wrong places or in the wrong ways, or really sure. just to have it be a balance of, you know, anything in moderation is fine. Right. I mean, I think it's when we, when we go to extremes of being so isolated that we're lonely versus we're so plugged in and over the top with social media and some of that technology where it actually becomes more harmful than it is good. No doubt. Agreed. Yeah. You know, tech, here's an example of, of technology um, being sort of good and bad. Uh, like our jobs, a lot of what we do is on stuff, right? On devices, on the internet, um, using apps, using programs, um, and so I'm preparing for this this morning and had ran into some kind of small technolo technological issues that were, I, I could tell were, was causing my stress to rise a little bit. And then we're, we're gearing up for the sugar rush. And so I have a lot of stuff on my plate right now for that, that I, I, I'm having to do. And so I logged into run sign up and uh, was getting ready to send out an email to all the participants about packet pickup being uh, later this week. And so I got the email all done, which was its own source of stress, right? Um, and then I always preview and I send myself a little preview as well. And as I'm previewing, I'm scrolling to, uh, to the bottom of the screen and there's this little, little uh, box that lines the bottom of the screen that talks about cookies. And it's telling me like, this is what the website does for cookies stuff. And you need to accept or you need to opt in or you need to tell us what sort of data we want, right? And because of that little box, I couldn't get to the bottom and see the email <laughs> and see a, a crucial portion of the email that I wanted to see until I either exited out or clicked accept. And I was like... Hmm, this is driving me nuts right now. Why is this little box here on this thing? It's so small, right? But sometimes when when our stress level is already kind of high, um, and it doesn't take much to push us over an edge on stuff like that. So I was just like, okay, I need to step back for a second. I need to chill out. I need to gather myself. I pray. And so I was like, God, I need help right now because this is dumb this little thing is driving me mad so sorry funny story i hope it made you guys laugh uh, to uh, <laughs> hear about some of the stupid stuff that i deal with when it comes to stress well kent thank you for sharing that about you and your family dr mark can you tell us some of the things that uh, uh, bring stress in your life and how you do 
Yeah, I, I think very similar stuff to what Kent described. You know, I think one other um, point I'd highlight is that my parents live sort of back in Boston, and they're getting older. They're in their 80s now and experiencing lots of life transitions. And so that is another sort of um, source of uh, – an important source of stress for lots of people, myself included, um, just helping them navigate the process of, of where they're going to live and, and um, how they're going to cope with decreasing mobility and independence and all those sorts of things. Um, I, you know, I, um, I, I, I adopt the same, a lot of the same things that, that Kent mentioned, you know, I, uh, um, things that help me cope with stress, um, are being mindful to sort of, I'm, I'm fundamentally an introvert. And so I have to, I have to have time for myself sure. to recharge my batteries away from the, the grind, away from the, the busyness. And that typically is going to be either, uh, outside, taking a walk or going for a run. I like to run. So I like to, I like to go and go on a long run. And that really helps me recharge and, and get recentered. Um, I too, uh, spend a lot of time in prayer and, and trying to maintain some sort of, some sort of balance and some sort of, um, you know, bigger perspective on life. Um, for sure. I think having habits and, and routines, I'm a, I'm pretty much a, a habitual kind of person. <laughs> and so I try to like, I try to foster, sort of healthy, healthier habits or choose, you know, so I like to go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time and, sure. um, and get exercise and, and have regular meals. Um, but I also like to structure my day a little bit so that I, you know, that I feel like there's some, there's some predictability to it that seems to help mitigate some of these stressors. And that brings you comfort. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I think it helps with, with, with physiology too. It helps with biorhythms, you know, <laughs> Sure. If, if the body knows that certain things are coming or not coming, it, it really does. I think those, you know, those do get hardwired to a certain extent in our day. And we talked in our podcast about seasonal affective disorder, how some of uh, the changes that take place with the seasons can affect those biorhythms, huh? And yeah, and, and, and maybe you all heard there's potentially good news that we're going to do away with daylight saving or the flipping of clocks, which would really help all of us with our biorhythms. Yeah, I heard there's a bill in front of the uh, house right now yeah, or apparently it passed one of the chambers okay okay interesting uh, i don't know a lot about the how that all got started but um yeah i get stressed out not when it goes back in the fall but when it goes forward in the spring so so you like to run that's yeah. that's helpful and and that's a healthy habit yep. right a healthy way of dealing with stress do you listen to books on your runs Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I, I, I do audiobooks or podcasts or music or just okay. sometimes silence. It's great. What have you been listening to lately? Uh, the, an interesting book called 11 Algorithms to Live By. <laughs> the Applications of Computer Science to, to just regular everyday stuff. It helps me understand um, computer science a little bit more because I'm, I'm pretty not up to speed on that. That's super interesting. It's fascinating. Yeah. To me. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> 11 algorithms to live by. What about you, Kent? Any audiobooks you've been listening to? You know, to I, I've actually, a lot, of the, a lot of the books that I read are, you know, and my mom always told me that nonfiction is a good thing because it, it just lets your mind explore and you don't have to be, you know, in the moment of feeling like you have to learn something. But like biographies and autobiographies and books like that have always interested me. But Love I've been more like I think into the music lately in, in workouts because i not as much running as Dr. Mark, but... I do think that physical activity and exercise is important at least, you know, five or six days a week. And so trying to schedule that into my life and being, you know, somewhat 
mundane with how I do that. It seems to be a nice stress reliever. And I think also Dr. Mark brought up just the, the silent part of it too. I think we can also overload on, you know, I mean, no offense. I love podcasts too. And I For listen sure. to a lot of them driving, but um, sometimes you need that moment where whether it's a workout, a walk or run or whatever, where it's just like, I'm just listening to birds or I'm listening to the wind roll through trees organizing your thoughts uh, being able to sort of focus and process through stuff yeah Yeah, totally kent and i do a lot of driving in our in our roles and so there's a lot of screen time some of which is nice to have silence yeah for sure that reason yeah do you guys do you you guys ever you can hear the deer (laughs) run out in front of you so it helps to be able to dodge (laughs) in the dark and icy roads when uh, all right, let's be honest. Does, does ever one of you guys just put in headphones and not talk to the other person, or is that happen frequently? Oh, no, when we drive together, there's you guys there's are lots of fun stuff to chat. About, <laughs> so, yeah. so if you ever wonder why growth and development happen, um, because <laughs> we, we, we come up with a lot of ideas, many of which don't come to fruition, but it's always fun to pontificate about where do we go. <laughs> I, was, I was introduced to this actually uh when we had our, our meeting in Billings in back in March, and Jim said, if you guys want to know um, where the organization's going, go on a road trip with Dr. Mark and Kent. <laughs> That's how you get led in on uh, what's going to happen for the future. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but uh, it's actually true, too. So, well, hey, guys, let's talk real quick. And I just want to ask this to both of you guys. Kent, I'll start with you. Have you noticed any differences in the way that you deal with stress than your wife deals with stress? I do, actually. And I think some of it's just role and function. You know, like in our work life, I'll use our work life, for instance. Um, You know, I mean, given that she's a nurse and given that she's in public health and given a pandemic. I mean, I think the stressors in her professional life um, have been quite different than mine, uh, just given what she was asked to do in her role. Um, I also think that just some of the ways that she copes, she takes it all in. I mean, that's like the, the, the mom quality of, sure. you know, you take in and you take in and you take in. And if you don't, if you don't offload, I mean, there, at some point there's only room for so much. And I think that's where there's that danger zone, a little bit of you can only internalize so much before, you know, you, you have to offload. And so I think that's where that intentional piece comes in of, you know, both of us reminding each other that it's, it's definitely healthy to ask for help. Um, I know you brought that up earlier, Adam, when you said in in prayer or whatever, I mean, you, you have to, you have to give it up to something bigger, you know, and, and, trying to get our leaders in, in the organization and, and regardless of what function, I think if they ever said, what's one piece of advice for dealing with stress and some of those work-related things, it's, you know, none of us are mind readers. None of us know when you're challenged with something or you're struggling or you're having, you know, challenges and issues, by all means, speak up, like tell somebody, ask somebody, ask somebody for help. I mean, I, I don't think there's any greater way to build trust with somebody than to ask, ask for help. It's not being, it's, it's one thing to be willing to help somebody. It's another thing to ask for help. And I think I've seen in my professional career that a lot of trust is really developed when not only you're willing to, willing to offer help, but you're also, also willing to ask for help too. No doubt. What about Kristen? Have you noticed some differences between the way Kristen deals with certain things and you deal with certain things? Yeah, my wife's an extrovert which is fundamentally different than being an introvert. And so I learn a lot about, she's really good at, at, at managing stress and she's really good at, at reminding uh, me of the importance of, of plugging in with family and making time for, for people. 
uh, I have a tendency to get pretty myopic and focused on work sometimes. And so she's really good at, at, um, you know, broadening, scrolling out a little bit, zooming out, looking at the big picture, um, literally taking time to, to smell the flowers and to work in the garden. She's really, she's really good at that. So family can be a source of stress, but also a reliever of stress, huh? Absolutely. Right. Interesting, huh? Okay. So what are some negative ways of coping? I wrote down here in my notes. Um, sometimes I like to get down with Ben and Jerry and I, I say that sort of tongue in cheek, like I like to get down, like be down in the dumps with my two friends, yeah. <laughs> Ben and Jerry, <laughs> and they're many flavors. It, that's a negative way of coping, correct? Sure. Yeah. There's lots of mal, we would call it a maladaptive way of coping with stress. You know, we all adapt and whether it's healthy or maybe not so healthy, we'd call that adaptive versus maladaptive. And yeah, overeating, um, either you know, excessive sleeping or not sleeping enough. So disturbances in sleep rhythms is a pretty common um, coping mechanism. Uh, turning to s- other substances in addition to Ben and Jerry's, uh, you know, the other substances. Sure. Touch on that a little bit. What substances are you talking about? You're talking oh, about yeah, drug alcohol use? Alcohol and drugs okay. are, are, you know, are linked. You know, uh, one common route for substance use disorder is, is chronic stress. Shutting down, avoiding people, you know, the opposite of engaging can, can be a, a sort of more maladaptive way. Um, Great. Um, and then one last question before we, we um, end here today, Dr. Mark. It, what are some things that can happen to our bodies if we don't learn to cope in a positive way? Yeah, so coping is sort of that's the pop-off valve. That's how we how we let stress go. And if we if we keep all that stress internalized and and don't find ways to to let it out, the the body remembers. The body body keeps score is uh, is actually the title of a really good book about this. And you know we're we set ourselves up for really sort of negative health consequences. You know, in our heart, in our immune system, in our in our bones and joints, um, in our psyches, in our souls. So there's the, the, the list of, of sort of what we would describe as diseases or health or illness that would be attributable to chronic stress is a mile long. So essentially, if we don't find healthy ways to cope, it's going to come back to, to haunt us. Okay. Awesome. That was a really great conversation. Let's just do some key takeaways real quick, guys. Uh, one, uh, regardless of what you do, can't you mention this? Stress is a given, regardless of whether you're in a high-level position in an organization or whether whatever you do, there's going to be stress involved in your life. So, two, we need to learn how to cope, <laughs> right? Uh, there are positive ways of coping and there are negative ways of coping. Some of the positive ways um, we talked about were asking for help whether it be from our spouse or whether it be from God or a spiritual, our spiritual lives. Um, physical activity can be a good way to cope. Um, and family can really help, yeah? Some negative ways of coping would be uh, Ben and Jerry's, uh, overeating, uh, in other words, or, or eating unhealthy things, not getting enough sleep, um, using substances, that's a negative way of coping and potentially even avoiding people and not uh, getting into community uh, where there can be many benefits, but also many other <laughs> forms of stress, right? Did I, did I sum that up well, guys? Great. Yeah. Awesome. 
Cool. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, that does it for this one. And uh, hope you guys learned some things on some ways to cope with with stress. Thanks, Dr. Mark. Thanks, Kent. Thank you. Thanks for listening to part two of this two-part series on stress. If you enjoyed this episode, would you let us know by leaving a review? Remember, chronic stress can have severe physical and emotional symptoms, which can make daily functioning more challenging. If you have suicidal thoughts, please seek help right away by contacting a mental or behavioral health professional or by calling the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Stay tuned. We have more helpful conversations about health coming your way.